Hello and welcome to this Linklaters podcast on payments regulation. Today we're going to look at one of the first steps that a payments business needs to think about when starting up, and that is applying for a license from the regulator. I'm joined by Jean Price and Olivia Murphy to talk through the process and the pitfalls. Jean, you've helped many different types of firm become authorised over the years, so you're very familiar with how it all works. What tips do you have for firms before they begin the process? I think my overall point would be don't underestimate how much work it is to get an application in. Um, It's not a question of flopping over the line. Um, You have to have a good quality application which stands on its own two feet and hits all the points the FCA um, expects it to hit. There are long delays at the moment, so the FCA can take anything they can see as making an application incomplete to take yours and put it right at the back of the queue again. It's been well reported that the FCA has struggled with resources in the authorizations team recently. That isn't limited to payments and e-money applications. We've seen it across the board, um, including with changing control applications. What's interesting is, is that the FCA actually put out one of their Inside FCA podcasts talking specifically about the delays in payments firms and what they're seeing is into the quality of application and how that's um, having an impact on what's getting through. I think you have to be a realistic. You may be raring to go, but it's going to take several months before you can actually get the show on the road. We're not seeing authorizations coming in anything like the statutory three-month period. How long would you say that normally it takes to get authorization? So it really is how long's a piece of string. Um, as I say, in theory, when you submit an application for authorization for any money firm or a payment institution, the FCA has to make a decision within three months of a completed application. So in practice, what are we seeing? Well, it's relatively easy for the regulator to determine that an application is incomplete and that more information is needed, in which case, you know, your application isn't complete, so you're not even off the blocks on your three months. Um, what they also said in their podcast, which is interesting, is they are looking at these with much greater scrutiny. I think that's in no small part to the recent failures we've seen with my favourite case, everyone knows Premier FX. Um, so they are looking at this in far more detail. And one thing they specifically pulled out is they see too much what I would call a cookie cutter approach, which is where they are seeing the same policies and procedures being put in by multiple firms who are possibly using compliance consultancies, where they then lack the confidence, this is the FCA lacking the confidence, that these have actually been well thought through for the business that is made making the application. So as I say, the the FCA has done that podcast. If you're thinking of putting an application in, I really would recommend listening to it. It, It's quite an interesting listen. Um, And the key themes being that firms aren't ready to be authorised. They're looking very closely at the senior personnel, whether they've got the relevant expertise, if they've got the experience, if they're not payments experts or electronic money experts, that there are sufficient people within the firm who do have that and that the people coming in have um, transferable skills. Um, One of their sneaky points is that people aren't putting wind down plans in. Now, if you look at the application form, it doesn't mention the wind down plan at all. So you have to be on top of what the FCA is saying and across what's on the approach document and all of that to know that actually you need to put that in. In terms of getting it through quickly, our experience is that even with a very good quality application, there's not much you can do to accelerate the process or jump ahead of the queue. So it really is important to have driven in the quality before you actually put your application in. So Olivia, what does that mean in practice and what does the overall process look like? 
Sure. So in terms of the actual output, there is an application form which you need to complete. That's quite detailed and you'll also be required to submit various supporting documents. As Jean mentioned, there's the wind down plan, but there's also the business plan, which is quite detailed and goes through various bits of the information you need to provide from sort of governance through to control structure through to your business model. You can only access the form and actually upload all these supporting documents via the FCA's Connect system. So firms that are looking to uh, launch an application will need to sign up to that system in advance. Once the completed application is actually into the system, the FCA then makes a decision as to whether or not to approve it. And the FCA will expect to see and is actually in required by legislation to ensure that it has seen a whole raft of materials from you, which is then used to actually inform that decision. And, and what are those materials? What kind of things you know, are you having to send with your license application? <laughs> so I think this would be a very boring podcast if I tried to list every single item because it is a very long list. And as I mentioned earlier, one of the main documents is the business plan. And it's certainly one of the more important documents in terms of how long it takes to produce. And it's a key document that the FCA will focus on. It will almost be a beeline for them to go for that document. I think the other key thing to bear in mind is what regulated e-money and or payment services you actually want to provide, or rather you need to provide to operate your business. Uh, that's really the starting point. And we very frequently help firms identify exactly what permissions they need, and that's all based on the products that they eventually plan to provide. So a description of the relevant payment and e-money services and how you're going to provide them goes into your business plan, along with, unsurprisingly, plenty of information on your finances, including fully costed statements. And these are all going to be relevant to show that you can actually meet the capital requirements, for example. And that's one of the things that the FCA asks on the form. Have you met the initial capital requirements and will you continue to meet them? Yeah, so basically, everything you can possibly know about your business model needs to go into your application when you submit it. So, And that includes, as Olivia said, how you're organising yourself, but it also includes who you're owned by, what your group structure looks like, um, who you're going to rely on to provide the services. Are you going to be using an outsource models? If so, you know, what is the outsourcing? Where is it? Importantly, does it comply with the EBA guidelines? You have to, for example, put a draft of your outsourcing agreement in with your application, which a lot of people think is quite premature. But I think that just goes to the point that you're expected to be ready almost to leave the, 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 the stands as soon as, as, soon as you, you get your application in. You're also going to have to convince the FCA that you've got your head around the compliance challenges. You've got to have a full narrative on your risks and how they're mitigated and controlled and identified. You've got to deal with safeguarding, governance, risk management controls, money laundering, security incident reporting, sensitive payments data. It's a long list. The other thing the FCA has said it specifically does require you to have in your application is details of the bank account that you're going to use for your safeguarding account. So that can take some time. It shouldn't be underestimated that if you haven't got a relationship with the bank for holding a safeguarding account, this is not a five minute job. It's not a week or a fortnight. It can take considerably longer. So if you're thinking of opening up an e-money or a payments firm, you need to get that sort of done uh, early doors. Um, 
The other aspect, which is always one which gets people out in hives, is spelling out the payment flows. And these have to be done in a way which is going to be easily understandable to your case officer at the FCA. So, you know, front to back and back to front on where the information flows are and where the payment goes, you know, what your settlement process is. That all needs to be put down on paper and easily understandable so it can be interrogated at a sensible level. And I think the really important point to note is this isn't isn't a pre-application. It's not a put it in and then see what questions the FCA asks because that is going to set off all sorts of warning bells with the FCA of a firm that isn't actually ready. Um, you have to be looking at it with the with the end game in sight. So you have to be nearly there when you submit your application. Now, obviously, you're not going to be absolutely there, but there isn't really a massive opportunity for ramping up compliance or only putting in um, systems and controls once you've been operating or once you start. You've got to be ready on day one. Now, we know that this has attention to it because, for example, if you're a startup, how do you get staff if you don't know that you're going to get your application approved? This is a thing that we see very regularly. Um, and all I can say is I'm really sorry it's difficult, but um, the FCA does expect you to have identified people and those people have to have done their individual forms. So it, it is it is tricky. And that's not to say everything is set in stone. Clearly it can't be, but you do need to put a compelling case forward for why you are the right people to be running a regulated payment services or e-money um, firm in the UK. Also, the thing to remember is once you've got your application in, if there are material um, changes to the application, you do need to update the FCA at that point. So that's an overview of the kind of things that um, you have to send with your license application. But I suppose it's worth making clear that the exact details of what you need to submit is going to depend on what type of, of firm you want to be and whether you're applying for authorization or registration. Isn't that right? That's right. And there are different types of payments firm depending on the services you provide and your size. Um, there are so-called small payment institutions and small e-money institutions, and these can apply for registration with the FCA rather than authorizations. And as well as making for a slightly easier process to get the FCA license, these small types of institutions are subject to a light-touch regulatory regime. But this option is only available for businesses of a limited size, and that's in terms of volume of their business as opposed to things like number of employees. There is also, I should mention, a registration route, and that's available for payment institutions which only provide account information services, and these are called RASPs, and the information they have to provide on their application registration is different again and light touch. So finally, what does a successful process look like? So having done many, many of these and bearing the scars, I think the really key point is to get the right people round the table early on and to ensure that they have to the time to do this. Um, because this isn't a job that anyone can sensibly do to the sort of quality required off of the side of their desks. So the right people early on. And also, you may want to consider having a project manager because you are going to be dealing across multiple work streams. Um, it's, it's a fallacy that this job can be done by the lawyers. That's not right. We can work magic and your lawyers can work magic, but we can't complete the application form in a vacuum. So you're going to need input from your IT people, compliance, risk, your treasury and settlement functions, your fraud, AML specialists, you know, 
there are a lot of moving parts and then checking because you've got documents being drafted by different people there's then the piece to check that it is actually all consistent with itself and I think just the only other key point to add is try to make it as easy as possible for the FCA to find the information they need to make their decision even if the information is in there but you have to dig too far to get it the FCA won't have forever to look for the information and you could then face an incomplete application because the answer wasn't obvious. And then above all, do not put in a half complete application. It won't allow the FCA to pre-read into your application. All it will do is slow things down for you eventually. Thank you, Olivia and Jean. Do get in touch with us if you have any questions. But for now, thank you for listening and goodbye. <laughs>